Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 138th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber, front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams, front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Just Josh here with you guys today as today is just a interview edition of the podcast and it's a special interview edition of the show as a couple summers ago when the podcast was formerly known as the Roy's Boys Podcast, I got a chance to talk to Tar Heel legend Larry Miller, a guy who was, you know, a, a an integral part of those mid nineteen sixty teams that really built the foundation and the structure for Dean Smith, who would go on and establish what us as Carolina fans we consider the greatest college basketball dynasty, and today now the greatest college basketball program in the world. He joined me a few summers ago ahead of a book that was being written about him was released. And I and I thought with the news coming out earlier this offseason that Larry Miller will be inducted into the National College Basketball Hall of Fame along as Roy Williams will be formally honored at this year's ceremony. I thought this was a great opportunity to bring back that interview I did with Larry a few years ago. You're going to hear some great stories about his time in Chapel Hill and, and life after basketball and the such. So without further ado, let's dive right in to my conversation with former Tar Heel great Larry Miller. Today we are joined by a special guest, former Tar Heel player Larry Miller. Larry, how's it going today, man? Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to ask you first off before we, uh, we get started here is um, COVID has kind of taken all of our lives and put it on hold. How have you stayed busy, stayed sane during the last five to six months during the coronavirus? Well, it, fortunately, it happened during the, the, the growing season, and I have a wonderful garden to tend to, so I spend an awful lot of time outside in the, in the yard. And then I have a few friends that we kind of, you know, get together every once in a while just to, you know, break up the monotony. Uh, but we stay, you know, pretty well behind the rules. Oh, well, that's a good year. I've, I've seen a lot of pictures of you in your garden. It does look very beautiful, um, and you, you've done a really good job. So we'll, we'll get down to business. You committed to Carolina despite growing up in Catasquaca, Pennsylvania. What was it about Chapel Hill and Dean Smith that attracted you to playing basketball in the South and in the ACC? 
Well, basically, on my visit to Chapel Hill, I met some wonderful people, and and to a T, they were all real genuine, you know, good, solid people. And uh, the atmosphere itself was was conducive too. It was just uh, the southern charm of Chapel Hill, I guess you want to call it. And uh, so I was really attracted. Billy Cunningham, Bobby Lewis, you know, recruited me, and 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 uh, Coach Smith and Coach Roseman. And but the just the general atmosphere of the place was beautiful. You you mentioned how your your recruitment was recruited by Bobby Lewis, Bobby Cunningham, and uh, Dean Smith. What was your recruitment like? Because I imagine recruiting in the '60s was a lot more different than the re- the recruiting we have in 2020. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty hectic, uh, and unfortunately, I went to one of the visits was right after JFK uh, got killed as president uh, out to Michigan. Now, you know that was a dead visit because you know there was everybody was so saddened by that event, and uh, but there was a lot of pressure. People would come call you up and ask you to make a commitment. One guy asked me to make a commitment. I was only a junior. And uh, you know, they'd call all the time. They'd show up unannounced in your driveway. And, uh, uh, and some people even showed up without a college. So uh, they just were in the midst of getting a college coaching job. So it was pretty, you know, crazy. Did you ever consider attending Duke or NC State, or was Carolina the only school you were coming down south for? No, actually, Carolina, uh, the day I chose Carolina, I wasn't sure who I was going to choose up until the time I chose them. <laughs> so it was a coin toss right till the end. I was close to Coach Bubis and some of the guys at Duke, and uh, I had visited over there. But I guess just the atmosphere at Duke, it was came down to the atmosphere at, at Carolina. It was so much more relaxed. And uh, to the day I graduated, I, I, I was so close to Coach Bubis, I couldn't open a letter he had sent me after I chose Carolina because, of, you know, I, I didn't open it until after I actually finished playing at, at Carolina. Well, Larry, we're, uh, we're definitely glad you chose the, the, the lighter shade of blue to play for the Tar Heels instead of the Blue Devils. Now, when you got to Carolina, freshmen weren't allowed to play on the varsity team at that time. Therefore, in Chapel Hill, freshman basketball was a popular thing. When they opened up Carmichael, the freshman team actually beat the varsity team. What was your experience like playing as a freshman? Well, it was we didn't get to go to where the varsity played all the time. Uh, you know, sometimes they would play, and we would play a game at a different you know college because they were, you know, they might have been going to Georgia or somewhere like that. So uh, it was kind of so-so. I mean, you, you, I wanted to play. I wanted to play right away, and I felt I could have played. But uh, those were the rules, and, and everybody played up to those rules at the time. But we did have a, a – we, I think we won the championship as, as freshmen, even though a lot of the guys that uh, were on that team, you know, didn't really play that much later on. But uh, we did – we did ended up being pretty good as freshmen. Now, when you got to Carolina, Dean Smith wasn't – uh, yet established as the Dean Smith he came on to be. He recently got hung as an effigy after a loss to Wake Forest. Do you remember there being any pressure maybe on you or the team to win games or your coach was going to get fired? Well, I, I don't think we ever thought he was going to get fired, but I think that basically we felt like uh, if we didn't get some help, we weren't going to be any good. And that 
fortunately for us, the, the, the situation, Bobby was there, then he got me there, then we got uh, Dickie and Rusty and Bill and Joe and Tuttle and, and, you know, those guys, we brought them all in. And then we got Charlie and Delaney and uh, Fogler. So it was that concession of players uh, and the timing of it that really started everything. I mean, it wasn't, I get a lot of credit for that, but I, I mean, I was there, obviously, but if it weren't for the other guys coming in afterward, you know, we still needed them to make this thing work. And fortunately for Carolina, it did happen. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Your recruiting classes in the mid-60s really built the foundation that he was able to create the greatest college basketball program that we've ever seen um, after that. So you mentioned when you got to Carolina, you thought you were ready to play, but you had to sit because of the the freshman rules, so you play on the freshman team. And your first season, you averaged a double-double at 20 points and 10 rebounds per game. What allowed you to enjoy so much success so fast? Was it the system that he put you in position to make plays, or was it just the, the fact that you could put the ball in the basket and grab rebounds at a consistent and efficient level? Yeah, that plus the fact that uh, I was a hard worker uh, and, uh, and during a game I never stopped uh, moving and, and working. So I, I think the fact that, that uh, and I played hard in the summers coming up to, to college ball and that when I got in his system, I just fit it perfectly because I, I didn't have to score to be effective. I mean, I could set picks, I could rebound, I could uh, uh, play defense, give assists out and all that stuff. So I felt comfortable in the game, and it didn't bother me that I didn't score a lot of points as long as I was in there and helping the team play and win. You mentioned that you didn't have to score to be an effective player, but yet you still averaged over 20 points per game in your Carolina career. And this was out the three-point line. So what were your strengths of scoring the basket? Could you get inside? Did you shoot long-range shots, mid-range shots? How was your offensive yeah. game so effective during that, that, that era of basketball? Well, I could do both of those things. I could score inside and outside, and that, that's what gave me an advantage. Uh, I was able to go inside with the big guys, and I could also go outside and shoot, you know, from a three-point line, basically. Although it wasn't a three-point line, I could shoot at top of the key. So, uh, you know, I had a, the option of going inside or outside. And that's what gave me the advantage. Now, you mentioned playing with Bobby Lewis, and together y'all two formed a great tandem, and y'all got nicknamed the LMM Boys. What was it like playing with Bobby, and what kind of teammate was he? Oh, Bobby was the greatest. I mean, he uh, he was my idol. I actually saw him play in high school up here in Allentown in a Benet Brist tournament, and I think he was the MVP there, and uh, I – I was excited to be able to, to go down there to visit with him and meet him and then actually join him as a teammate. So uh, it was a pleasure and a very good person, a humble person. And uh, uh, matter of fact, I just spoke with him the other night on one of these uh, interviews and he showed up and it was great to see him and his, and his wife after all these years. But uh, yeah, it was a pleasure. 
Now, as we mentioned early, when you got to Carolina, things weren't yet established. Was, things were a little uneasy around Chapel Hill. Your final two seasons, though, y'all really turned the page, making it to the Final Four. And it was a turning point for Dean Smith. Now, while the Final Four wasn't then what it is now, what was that experience like playing on college basketball's biggest stage? Well, it was pretty interesting. Uh, we And it was kind of like a conundrum, basically, because we had... Back then, the ACC tournament was the biggest thing around. I mean, it was actually, it was bigger than the NCAA tournament. It was the most pressure. Three straight days of playing uh, games, and you had to win every one of them to be able to go to the, to the Final Four, to the playoffs. So, in essence, when we made it to the Final Four, uh, we were already played five, five playoff games to get there. And my senior year, we won six, and we lost the seventh one. So I think we're the last team to, to win that many games and and get to the you know the finals. But uh, it, it was kind of it wasn't as big as the ACC tournament. That's what I'm trying to say. Let's talk about the ACC tournament. It was back then. It was more local being played in the Carolinas. What was it like going into a packed gym every night, knowing that if you wanted to make the NCAA tournament, you, you have to win these games? A lot of times you're playing your rivals in Duke, State, and Wake Forest, and those guys in Maryland, and those guys were pretty good too. I imagine those games were pretty intense, and there was a lot of competitive fire displayed on the basketball court. Absolutely. That was the most intense time in my entire career in in all the years was that ACC tournament because matter of fact I wouldn't even I wouldn't even allow my parents to come because I, I said I cannot uh, spend any time with you because it's so it's so pressuring for me I before the games I would just basically I was a wreck I, I just wouldn't be around anybody I'd walk around you know the hotel or outside and you know, just get ready for the game. And that was three straight nights of that. And by the time it was over, my gut was all torn up and I couldn't sleep for a day or two. And I just get in the car and ride around. And fortunately, we were able to win a couple of them. So it was a tremendous feeling, tremendous feeling, but it was an intense pressure. The most I've ever felt. There was another thing that was big during your time, and that was the Dixie Classic with the big four schools where y'all would invite other top area teams from around the country to come and play in Greensboro and Raleigh. What was that experience like? Because once that went away, they haven't even tried to bring it back. And that was a big staple of ACC basketball back in the 60s. Yeah, but we never really played in. I think that was at uh, NC State. They kind of got a, were getting away from that when I got there. But we did have some big games in Greensboro. They tried to emulate it, but it never was kind of like the the original classic where they uh, where they played all those teams. But uh, we enjoyed the competition coming in and playing us there. Let's talk about Coach Smith for a little bit. Um, Everyone has their favorite story of the legendary coach. What was yours? Was it something recruiting? Was it practice, an in-game situation? What, what's your Dean Smith story you could tell us? Well, I, there's so many of them. Uh, he was just such a great guy. But uh, we had and we had some conflicts uh, up and down there. But my favorite is that well, well it, this was after I uh, quit playing. I mean, after I quit playing, yeah, in pro basketball. I was living in Raleigh, and we would try to get together every year for lunch. So 
somewhere along the line, wherever I was or wherever he was, if we were close. So uh, we were going to meet at the Research Triangle somewhere. Well, I knew some of the some of the ex- other players were over that way. So I told about five or uh, Donnie Moe, uh, Greg Campbell, Joe Brown, uh, Dickie, I think, was there, too. And I, I called them all up, and I said, we're going to be eating at this restaurant today. And so why don't you all meet us over there, but come one at a time and be walking in different directions and uh, just stop by the table and say hello. And then the way he did that, Coach Smith invited them all to have lunch with us, and he said, boy, this is some coincidence. All you guys showing up at the same place at the same time we're having lunch, and he just couldn't get over it. And we we had the most, the greatest fun doing that. You meant... You mentioned you had some conflicts from, with Coach Smith. What what were those kind of conflicts? What what were they about? Well, one was about uh, you know going to church, and uh, you know other was about partying a little bit too hard. And uh, the one about church was when I first got there. Uh, he made us all go to church, and then we had to bring back the brochure from the, the church. And uh, I got Billy to bring me back a brochure. <laughs> or whatever they called it, and used to turn it in. And finally I said, Coach, I, I can't I can't live this. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't go to church normally, so I'm going to, you know, just tell you I'm not going to do it anymore. And he said, well, if you were at home, wouldn't, you go to, wouldn't your parents make you go to church? I said, no, they wouldn't. And that was the end of that conversation. Wow, that's uh, that's very interesting. And you, so you, you were a partier back in your time? You hit the bars up on Franklin Street? Uh, once in a while, but I mean, I just, we... You know, after you play, work so hard and play so hard, I used to like to have a beer once in a while after games. And, you know, uh, that wasn't in his uh, uh, program. (laughs) So uh, after after a few conflicts there, uh, he just said, you know, we're going to quit that. I said, okay, that's fine. (laughs) Wow. Um, Another thing about Coach Smith and one of the things that was about his legacy was he is a very instrumental in integrating Chapel Hill and the ACC for that matter, and he was advocate for his players to be involved with social issues. What was that like? You you, were, you grew up in the 60s, playing in the 60s. He brings in Charlie Scott, and that had mixed emotions. Can you explain what the, the climate was like in the town of Chapel Hill during that time period? Well, actually, I didn't. I didn't go through the, the the time he was there, and actually, I didn't know that they had segregation in Chapel Hill at certain places. I think that was just disbanding. And when I got there, see, I played with uh, with blacks up at, at uh, where I live here, and uh, I, summer times we played together all the time. So, I, you know, I had no understanding of the any kind of you know. Uh, disassociation with each other but when uh, when Charlie came uh, I was more than happy <laughs> I was thrilled that he came to visit and uh, I helped recruit him and during our time together I told him when he came here that we would have a chance at the national title and that uh, that also that he would never have a problem with anybody as long as you know I was aware of it or, or his teammates were aware of it we would always be looking out for him and uh, uh, I, so we never did see any of that stuff so uh, fortunately that was the start of that error uh, a good error there was a lot of talk whenever Coach Smith retired back in the 90s that he would run for public office and be in, in politics do you think he would have made a good politician? I don't think I don't know. You know, I I, I think politics sometimes are 
a compromise, and I don't think he would like to compromise. So, I don't, I, I don't see him as a politician. I see him as a great man, though. Okay. Um, before we move on to your professional basketball career, any any last things about Carolina that you maybe another story or two you could tell us about what it was like playing for the Tar Heels, playing for Coach Smith, playing with Bobby Lewis? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, it was a wonderful experience, and I still think about it today. That's why I'm glad we had a chance to, to put this down in, into a, a book form because it was such a uh, a great experience. And, and I'm, I'm so happy I made that choice because I'm able to, to this day, uh, talk to these players and, uh, and relive some of these memories. Uh, it, it was fabulous. And I think everybody that chose Carolina feels the same way that I do, that uh, it was the greatest decision that they made in their lifetimes. All right, we'll talk about – let's get your pro basketball career, then, then we'll talk about the book, which is the main reason why I had you on. You had a very successful pro career, although it wasn't in the NBA. How much different was the game at the pro level as compared to what you were doing at, at college? Well, I'll tell you, the difference was that I, you didn't have the, the discipline or the understanding of what – there was so much confusion or so much transition in the pros that – people didn't understand, you know, what I could do as a player. Uh, For example, the first game that I played in as a pro with the Los Angeles Stars, the game was on the line. I'm having a decent game in the 20s, rebounds and double figures, assists, probably seven or eight. Uh, And the game's on the line, and with a couple minutes left to go, the coach pulls me out, and I figure he's pulled me out to set up a last play or, or to tell me something, but no, he sits me on the bench during the last, the end of the game. Now, I just get out of college, uh, you know, a successful college career where I'm usually in at the end of the game trying to win it and sometimes, you know, did that. So that was my first experience in the pros was getting sit, sat down with the game on the line. So you go figure. Why did you go the ABA route as opposed to playing in the NBA? Because the NBA had a pre-draft and they didn't take me in the first couple players. I think they were trying to do something with the money thing. And uh, they took me in the later rounds, but uh, we decided that the money was better. They put it in, in escrow for three years. So uh, I, we, it, Coach Smith actually negotiated my contract for me. Oh. So, uh, yeah, really, that was amazing part of huh? he wasn't too mad that you missed church and, and, and drank a few beers after wins to get you a uh, a professional uh, contract so what was go ahead no i'm just saying that we still respected each other after those incidents and he always knew i could play and uh, he always knew i had a desire for the game i worked hard for it and that i respected the game and the people that i, I worked with so he would help anybody, by the way. He would help any player of any rank, you know, in, in the same way he did me. Now that's that's one of the great parts of him, and it's one of the reason why the Carolina family, you know, is what it is. So, what was what was life for like for you after basketball, Larry? And it was. I just I was all set for it. I made the move, and I was offered a lot of jobs in the pros, even a couple comebacks. Uh, a couple coaching jobs, scouting jobs, whatever. But I, I just decided I was going to get away from basketball and you know, make it make a go at it 
from there. And I chose real estate because I, I was interested in it and I could do it myself. And I could do it in Carolina or wherever I wanted to do it. Well, you, that's one other thing is you, you're always prepared for life after basketball. All right, let's let's talk about the book that you're co, co-authoring. What what made that idea come up and what made you go through with, with writing the book? First of all, I was sitting here in my backyard in my garden, and uh, one day uh, Stephen Demarest, who's the author, and his, his wife Nancy, they were coming through this area going to Rhode Island uh, where they have a summer home. And they saw Catasauqua Road where they were staying, and that was close to my home. And they said, that's the home of Larry Miller. And uh, then they decided to go visit me, you know, stop by and bring some coffee. Because Nancy was a fan of mine. She was 11 years old when I was, uh, you know, a senior at Chapel Hill. And uh, she had written me a letter, and uh, she came to the backyard and, and... just said she was a Carolina fan and that uh, what was I doing nowadays <clears throat> and then she asked me some questions and I said she said I wrote you a letter when I was a kid and I said oh you did I said well I I had those letters and uh, I was thinking about maybe writing a book and putting uh, calling it those crazy Carolina kids and then publishing some of their letters and just make some comments about it nothing really I didn't have anything really in mind but uh, a couple days later, I found that letter she wrote me. I mailed it to her, and somehow that sparked her interest. And she said, "We got to do something here." And it was four years ago, and uh, we've been working on it since. And it's—I'm uh, really extremely pleased with it. It tells the story of the era, the times, and and it goes through with me going through those times with other people that uh, I still know today and admire and love and so i'm so happy it happened that that just the two of us met at that time and decided to do this so that's basically how we started well let's let's talk a little bit about the experience roy williams often has said that writing his autobiography was the toughest thing he's ever done did you have any challenges sitting down and writing out your story as a as a carolina basketball player and a student at unc no, I didn't have any problem with that. We just had to, afterward, we had to take out some of the things that we had some funny stories in there, but they were probably too, a little too gruff for some, some of our readers. <laughs> so uh, we had to, we had to take it from X-rated down to G, uh, general public. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, all right. So where, where can readers and Tar Heel fans find this book and when, when's it going to be available for us to purchase and, and get a further insight at Larry Miller? Uh, the basketball player. Well, you can get it at Amazon, and, and it, uh, you can order it right now. Uh, there's a lot of confusion about it because I, you know, I don't understand publishing because we're self, we self-publish this book, and but you know it, it's available for order right now. Or you can go to somebody called Bookshop dot org, and if you want to go through your local bookstore, uh, so they get credit for the purchase, you know. Just call them up and they can order it for you. So, okay, yes, uh, yes, sweet. I, 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 yeah, I, I know. For me, I've, I've got a collection of Carolina basketball books. I'll definitely be adding that to my collection. Lastly, Larry, and I'll get you out on this. Are you still an active follower of the Carolina basketball program? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I, I go to a game every year. I love it. It's one of my. We call this the Carolina experience. I take uh, uh, I take a bunch of different people that I've never taken down to Chapel Hill from here, 
in this area and we go to a game and we uh, do the tour. We have people down there that entertain us and uh, it, it's a wonderful event and everybody from up here, it's a lifetime experience for them. And, but I do follow them. I love Roy and uh, I can only wish them the best. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Whether you're like me and going to bet on this week's Mets Nat series or Mets and Braves series, you can do all at DraftKings Sportsbook. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPM. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. And even though this has been a pre-recorded edition of the of the podcast and something that took place roughly two years ago, almost to the date, do just want to thank again Larry for his time. He was very gracious um, and, and, and carving out you know just a few minutes, a few moments to come on and talk some Carolina basketball with me. And I really hope you guys really enjoyed that great conversation going back down memory lane as it was an important time for Carolina basketball as as Dean Smith was finally able to turn off the naysayers and quiet them down. And we all knew what he would go on to do with making, you know, 11 Final Fours, winning two national championships, and really making basketball a way of life here in Chapel Hill. So with that, guys, that is going to wrap up this edition of the show. We do have some closing notes and stuff, but I'm going to save that until the next time Anthony is on the show as uh, so I can get some of his thoughts on those notes that we have for you guys. But we do encourage you guys to get over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Anthony is doing a fantastic, a tireless job getting you ready for the upcoming football season, which is now less than four weeks away. He's taking you through camp at right now, and before you know it, we'll be doing some of the funner editions of the of the podcast on the Heel Tough Blog podcast, that is, with breakout players, bold predictions, and the like. As for the basketball side of things, we've kind of quieted down since Carolina has now got its formal or its entire uh, opponent set for the non-conference portion of the season. We'll be getting the ACC schedule here in the coming weeks. But any news that will happen, you can find that, find that also at HeelToughBlog.com. As for the podcast, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast, and we will pop up. You can like and review the podcast right there. But most importantly, guys, we do encourage you guys 
to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the podcast this offseason. And before you know it, we will be getting you ready for this upcoming season, which, of course, has national title implications around Carolina basketball. This is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Big thanks to Larry Miller for joining me two years ago. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.